0: I don't want to speak to eBay, but but I'm talking about uh, the, the the larger auction it's houses. Well, they uh, this makes uh, this makes a big difference. It Makes a big difference to me, and I can uh, trust the cert that, that comes out of PSE, and it allows me to bid a little more on these items if I haven't already had a chance to see them.
1: Well, thank you for your uh, kind words. Uh, today we're talking about World War One, though.
0: Well, I've got the <laughs> World War One right in front of me. I got nice. a little bit before that.
1: Oh, perfect! Here, back oh, here. Oh,
0: ho- you talk about a World War One. Here you go. Hold on, hold on.
1: When we when we talk about that, we're going to talk about this. So go, go ahead and uh, when we bring it up, go ahead and we're going to discuss that.
0: Well, I uh, that's uh, what I've got sitting in front of me is a. No, don't
1: say yeah. You're giving it away. Okay, let's do an intro. Okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> oh, every,
0: everybody here this knows is a what it is. Broadcast.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful?
4: I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps.
3: Oh. oh, 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 oh this is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rufus, what are you thinking of?
0: Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps.
3: Oh, like stamp collecting. Now that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yeah, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely.
4: All right, home.
0: You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining.
1: Or if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists.
2: You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors?
1: Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you.
2: I'm Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a planet from Poland, but none from Sudan. I'm from Fiji or Uzbekistan.
0: Stamp collecting happens when we dream
1: together.
3: Live from the Morocco-style pizza palace on Franz Ferdinand Strauss, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 175.
1: I'm Cash. My friend said things could be worse. I could be in an underground hole full of water. I know he means well.
4: (laughs) This is Scott. The speed of time is one second
3: per second
1: true.
3: This is Mark, and I was thinking the other day, if the U.S. Postal Service and Planet of the Apes had a baby, it would be Stamp Show here today.
1: Oh, That's it, we're getting canceled. Getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: uh, well, this is Bill Kinney. Okay. I'm, I'm just a guest here, but uh, I'm in way over my head. I don't know what the speed of sound or the speed of light is.
2: <laughs> oh, this is Greg. Greg, uh, I guess you called me the comic guy. Kind of lame. Uh, it's not an optical illusion. It just looks like one. Terrible. <laughs> I didn't write that. Yeah,
3: someone was holding a f- figurative gun to your head. <laughs> someone, someone was holding a microphone to his face. <laughs> Speak, comic guy. Yeah. And this is Tom. And I got nothing. Congratulations to Bradley Fritz. The winner of the PSE It's Not Just Stamps Award for his exhibit at Westpex 2018. Samoa, Powerful Nations Divide a Kingdom. Yes, we do. You should fill Greg in. Tell him about the award. He doesn't have a mic right now. He gave it to Bill. So, (laughs)
1: yeah, yeah, uh, PSE sponsors an award that is about storytelling. It's more than just, it's called It's Not Just Stamps. We don't want an award to go to the best person who. Well, Thought
2: you meant the award was called. It's not just stamps.
1: It's not just stamps. Is that
3: the that the is, is the award. That's
2: the, award. That's the, That's award. the name That's of the
4: great award. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's great well, when when you go to a, a large show and they have stamp exhibits, they have rules for exhibiting, and in our opinion, the rules are kind of too picky and too. Fly anyway, specky yeah, and... they, they don't tell the story as much uh, uh, from an interesting point of view of just somebody who randomly walks in. Right. You know, they, they're very technical and, oh, this is this is how the stamp was printed and these are all the varieties. This is the largest known item. This is what the rate was to this pers- this country and this is how it was they used. All asleep on their feet. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So why would you want to read an exhibit like that when you could read... One that talked about pirate
1: ships, and or what started it was, and so this. So you're
2: for <clears throat> breaking the rules.
1: Yeah, uh, kind of. Pretty much. When when uh, what started it was there was this fantastic award for tax private die tax stamps, and it had the company. And then it talked about, like, where they were and what they made. And it talked about all the cocaine and alcohol and everything in it.
4: And then it showed the stamp.
1: And it showed the stamp. And it got a silver. Well, then the next show, I saw the exact same exhibit from the exact same person.
2: Silver from whom?
1: uh, From the judges. From the judging. And the next one I saw, it was the exact same. And they took the advice of the judges and they cut out easily half of the stuff. They still had a little bit about the companies and a little bit about what they made. And it got a vermeil,
4: which is halfway between gold and which silver. Which is
1: halfway between gold and silver. So for, they for got less it. Data. for yeah, less. For yes. less data. Then I saw it. Take them this out. the third year later, it literally just had the stamp 1 of 4 known silk paper. The stamp USIR watermark 1 of 2 known, Etc and it got a gold No less is more no nice, less, less is fun. in my opinion no, less is horrible. not it's more it's only good in comedy right yeah, yeah so we they so, turned
4: a great exhibit into a horrible exhibit <laughs> based on their judging rules yeah and so, we thought that was really really not the intent of exhibiting because you want people to come in you want the exhibits to draw people to come in to see them not put them to sleep yeah if so you went to a
2: museum and it was set up like that, you would walk right through and say, oh, yeah. I'm never coming back.
1: That's why we did this. I get it. And uh, it's called Not Just Stamps. And, you know, it's kind of based on what this podcast is about. You know, we, we, do, we do not talk about determining whether a stamp is PERF 10 or PERF 11. We kind of don't care.
2: So how do you issue this award? Do you go there and inspect these things? How do you oh, no, no, out? no.
1: We give the criteria of the award to the judges.
2: Wait, the sticky judges that do the crappy. Th- so yes,
1: doing- what- but you see, they have a set take a, of r- take a microphone. each each take award. A microphone. Yeah, each award it. has a
4: set of
2: <laughs> grading. I always have so many questions. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right? See, see that like the gold and silver. These level awards have have a a judging criteria. Oh, I get it. And I they and they score it, and well, we thought that. You know, th- they needed to do include some other stuff like the storytelling, and
1: they get virtually no points for storytelling. So exactly. the same judge is giving a a
2: just stamp, Ex- right? You know, it just says stamp. He's like gold because and he's th- also going to judge for you guys. Like
1: yeah, yeah. What they're going to say this different, stamp- different criteria, yeah. Stamp with diorama.
0: One <laughs> of the things that I find Im- incredibly interesting is you know, uh, stamp collectors uh, are a an interesting breed of people and there's so much history in these, these various characters over time that have, have, uh, dealt with the different high end stamps, like, you know, the inverted Jenny and, and all of the, the Colonel, whatever his name was that, uh, that had all <laughs> of them. Then he screwed them up and he put them together and they got wet. And I, I find that very interesting yeah. in, 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 these types of, uh, uh exhibits, Um uh, so I, it might be part of your grading process.
1: I mean, I it has nothing to do with grading. It, it's this is just the way I collect. But I care about the stamp because it is a relic of the history. But the history is what is important, and then the relic is the representation of it. It's not vice versa. It's not I need this stamp because it is perf eleven with a single line watermark instead of perf eleven with a double line watermark.
2: You know, you could argue the same thing about comics. Some people collect because of the origin stories, the, the story arc they liked. Go to a comic shop and they'll <laughs> argue forever who was their favorite uh, writer of this particular no. comic and why. Uh, but in Stamps, right, if you separate that history, that what's neat about it, then it becomes kind of bland. Yeah. Then it's just a, a financial transaction. That's worth good money. I'm going to buy it and sell it. And in the comic industry, people getting them slabbed and graded just to resell and they have no like love of comics... It's kind of frowned upon,
3: too. Yeah. So if we were to combine the stamp exhibits and our award with comics, basically I think we're saying we are the Deadpool of stamp exhibits. (laughs) (laughs) The anti-hero.
2: No, but it's neat that you got these judges to judge on your criteria, too. How do you arrange that?
3: That Oh, you you make
1: the – if you – We
3: sponsored an award.
1: If you sponsored the award, Uh, you give the criteria.
3: It's all about the dough. (laughs) Got it.
1: Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) Understood. You didn't have to break any knees. (laughs) You're doing it our way.
1: And we actually give a good award for it, so. Yeah? Yeah. It's cool. Shall we get started on our stamp stories? Well, sure. Let's dive right in. (laughs) Grab it whenever you need it. (laughs)
3: So, 100 years ago, World War One started. But what actually caused the war to start? Is someone going to say something? Because I don't think it was oh, well, the U.S. I, Post Office. Uh, a guy
1: got shot. Right? No, no, no. You keep Archduke keep Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Keep reading the whole thing. Did, did it kill him, or was he just wounded? Oh yeah, he, you know, he...
4: they clocked him. Archduke Ferdinand.
3: They busted a cap. <laughs> <laughs> The U.S. Post Office is coming out with a World War I stamp, so we were all over this story. Well, to see what started the war, we actually need to look back to 1905. There was a lot of stuff that happened before Mr. Principe shot the Archduke. In 1905, Germany instigated the first Morocco crisis. Spoiler alert, since I said first there will be a second. I got it. <laughs> the Germans did this to try to get England as a friend and have England get pissed at France. Well, it didn't work and you can google it, but in the end, France took Morocco and France and England became best buddies after dividing up North Africa between themselves with a little bit going to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> that is domino number 1 and and it has many French, English and German stamps with the offices in Morocco overprints.
1: I I love these issues, especially the German high values. They have Morocco in the one-mark and two-mark and five-mark values. Gorgeous stamps. The uh, British, by the way, the uh, offices, they actually were started in the late 1890s.
4: Well, having offices in a country was a way for uh, a country to basically exert some economic pressure or control in a In a place that was far from the homeland.
1: Yeah, it was also uh, very much a um, status symbol. Absolutely. That you had post offices in Morocco or Turkey or China or wherever. And they had a lot of offices in a lot of countries.
4: And post offices in China was a big one. A lot of countries had post offices in China. Yep. And they were mostly in Shanghai.
1: Yeah, you can kind of think of them as embassies, although they really weren't, but they were kind of like embassies.
4: But the whole point was that that was an entry into that country's postal system. Yep. So like when the United States has post offices in Shanghai, China, you would go in to the – basically to the embassy mm-hmm. and you would buy postage stamps and – your mail would enter directly into the U.S. mail. It wouldn't go through the Chinese mail to get to the U.S.
2: mail.
1: Is that still the case today? No, no, no. no. This was all ended after World War One. Ah. All the offices were taken out.
2: I meant at the embassy. Could you go drop a letter off at the embassy and know it
1: Back was then, yes. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, the, the British embassy in Morocco, if you deposited a letter there, they shipped it to Gibraltar and then put it in the post office in Gibraltar and it went through the normal British mail system. Oh, that's neat.
4: Now, occasionally you can get consular mail, which generally comes by diplomatic pouch back to the United States before it enters the mail. But that's, that's really a, more for uh, diplomats. Yeah, that's it's a different not, item. It's not if you're visiting a country you can drop something off.
3: Now, did Rick start his Cafe Americain at uh, at this point or was it later?
1: I think so. I, well, No, I think it was after World War I. Oh. So uh, everybody will be going to Rick's place.
0: The movie was set in Casablanca in 1942.
1: Yeah, but he had already, he purchased the Ricks before, prior to that. And the question is, how much prior to that was it?
0: Well, uh, they alluded to, I'm a movie buff, that's why I know this, but they alluded to the fact that he fought for the Loyalists in Spain in 1936. So it was probably after that. They didn't say exactly when it was, but he'd been there a while.
1: And if Dawn was here, she would say, this is one of her favorite movies. It's, uh, it's it's one of our top, top ten
0: for for
2: sure. Yeah, I got some great trivia on that movie. One of the scenes, I think, near the ending scene, where they were saying uh, "beautiful relationship" or whatever, uh, they didn't have the large studio to film at the time, so they made small planes and used little people to be the <laughs> the um, engineers and pilots to get that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's actually in the movie, and if you look for it, you're like, "What?" You can actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood man.
3: So anyway, Italy saw that France, England, and Germany were busy, and saw that the Turkish Empire was kind of weak. If France, England, and Germany were not busy, Italy would have never invaded Libya. But they were, so they did, and Italy took Libya from Turkey in less than a month. That, adom- that is Domino number two, and it produced more overprints.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Italian overprints for Libya, over, except it, overprints. Over oh. Scott, why don't you explain what an overprint you guys is? Guys are
2: such stamp geeks. What's an overprint?
1: An Duh. overprint
4: is where they take a stamp that's already been issued, and then they change its purpose or value or something like that by adding more, uh, running it through a, a printing press again, and adding uh, another printing on top of it.
1: Really? Like for yeah. Libya, they didn't, you know, they that took, doesn't
4: exist in comics.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> took they took Libya. <laughs> They took Libya, and so they didn't have any stamps, obviously, yet. Shanghai
0: is an example.
1: Shanghai is an ex- excellent example. So Think of it as a variant, Greg. Yeah. Or, or,
4: or better yet, you take a Spider-Man comic and you overprint it Batman. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: When you guys issue a cert and it's signed by someone, like Roosevelt, for instance, uh-huh. do you put that on the cert? Yes, we will. And, and do those tend to go for quite a bit at auction?
1: A lot of times you need the cert for the signature. You know, it, if it's ex it Roosevelt or X Ickes or X, uh, right. yeah, there, there's. So you're authenticating uh, the we're, signature. We're, right? we're, we're, we're actually technically what we're doing is we're authenticating the provenance.
4: The um, the only signatures that we really uh, have confidence in authenticating, as far as from the stamp point of view, are the artists signed duck stamps.
1: Well. And the Roosevelt stamps from the H.R. Harmer sale and stuff like that too. Yeah, but
4: that's not signed by Roosevelt. Well,
1: yeah, that's true. It's a rubber that's stamp. Just, just from his collection. Yeah. I have a number yeah. of
0: stamps that are supposedly signed by various different postmaster generals. Do you do you authenticate those?
1: <laughs> who who uh, there like, no is no way. New. He signed everything in. Yeah. Sight. There is no way then to. The 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like a you know Treasury officials. You know, there's a zillion of them, and who the hell knows what whose well, signature is what. We, I
4: had uh, I had a block of four stamps that came in, and uh, each stamp was signed by Richard Nixon, and I was fortunate that a couple offices down the hall were the guys who authenticated the signatures, and I was able to take it over to them and have them look at it, so that we could authenticate the signature. Uh, okay. But that doesn't normally happen, and now that we're here in Nevada, it doesn't. Uh, happen at all (laughs) Yeah, but uh, did they end up uh, doing it yes yes and uh, the thing with richard nixon is he had uh, many secretaries and they also had a lot of stuff that was signed by auto pen and uh this actually turned out to be his signature his personal Mm -hmm. signature not one of his secretaries or the auto pen so that was fortunate although it didn't really command a large value it but it was just it it was what it was
2: the uh, business of signatures and comics you you guys might find funny there's about two ways to do it one is you go to a convention and there'll be a cgc representative standing next to the artist and he'll witness the signature Uh, go to a bigger convention like comic-con you'll have to walk over to the cgc booth that's the certified grading corporation they do uh, comic grading amongst other things and you'll uh, have one of their witnesses tag along with you go wait in line or sometimes you go to a separate line the artist will sign it. He'll see that he signed it. You give it to him, and then he'll wander off to go get it graded for you. You know, he'll yeah. get it back in a few months. The other way is, I think CBCS bought the authentication company, and they can do it retroactively at twenty-five bucks a pop. No. Oh. So anyway, you guys don't have those issues. <laughs> People witnessing the little stamp. Can you get this signed? <laughs> it's so funny. They went.
0: Now, Scott, can we do all of our stuff at 25 bucks a hop as well? So. <laughs> no, <it's just laughs>
3: if, if only. Just for yeah. We'll be happy to sign all the stamps that you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, my signature is far less than $25. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the funny thing with the next domino, the Balkans had bombing and murders all the time. Bismarck said that if war started, it would be some fool thing out of the Balkans, and in eight years, he would be 100% correct. By the way, the Balkans are the bottom right part of Europe above Greece and below Hungary. Now, the Balkan people saw Italy's quick success in Libya. They saw how weak the Turks were, so they made a Balkan League. In 1912, Serbia, Bulgaria, Greece, Montenegro, and a little help from Russia was all mixed together to declare war on Turkey. And for the first time in 500 years, the Turks were kicked out of Europe. This was the first Balkan war, and since I said first, spoiler alert, there was a second one.
4: Boy, those crazy Balkans. We love spoilers.
3: That is domino number three, and it produced all sorts of occupation stamps.
1: Yeah, the coolest occupation stamps from this time period come out of Greece by far. They have uh, great overprints, great... uh, If you look at the maps of where the attacks were and stuff like that. The, the Greeks actually went really far into Turkey. And the Serbs, they went everywhere, you know, they really were kicking Turkey's butt pretty bad. All these areas that they conquered, they put out overprints on stamps and Greece did it a lot. Serbia didn't do it at all. They just said, okay, you're Serbian now, here's some Serbian stamps. They didn't overprint them or anything. Bulgaria, the same thing. So, uh, But if you look in the back of Greece, a little bit in Bulgaria and the other countries, you'll see a whole bunch of occupations from 1912, 1913. They are all from this period and all from this war.
4: And they're all a pain in the butt to identify.
1: That's true. You know, with the
2: tightness of history, like I I never knew there was occupation stamps, do they have courses for this? Do do they teach this relevancy and college like when they go with history because i'm now assuming stamps were a large money maker for oh, yeah. these countries at the time is that why they spent so much time and effort on like reprinting or what did you, what did you call it again well, no no, this was
4: the major method of communication yeah you got to remember
2: most also, of these places don't it, have was it communication or was it revenue at the same time
1: it was both but mostly the the first part of it was communication then the stamp collectors went in there and said, Can I have a bunch of those? And so they like printed twice as many as they needed. And that's why a lot of these occupational issues are much more common mint than used. Uh. Not only that, but like if it's used, it may be a dollar stamp. But if it's on cover, it may be fifty-seventy-five dollars. Hmm. Because again, so much of the stamps it still exist if a stamp collector buys a stamp it's pretty much in the stamp community forever. If a person buys a stamp and puts it on an envelope, really only about 2% of stamps survive Uh. because, you know, Aunt Mildred gets the letter, tears it open, reads a letter, and then throws it in the trash. So typically people use the 2% number where 2% of used stamps find their way into the stamp collecting community.
4: Well, actually what happens is Aunt Mildred... Keeps the letter, puts it in a drawer, and when she passes away, her kids come in and go, "Oh, that's garbage," and throw it away. <laughs> that's <laughs> too. really what yeah, happened.
1: Uh,
2: I asked you guys once: Was the the cancel preferable? Some people like to collect that. Uh, is there reasons you want it canceled? Well, it's a lot personal of personal preference. A lot of
4: places where you don't have a lot of mail c- coming or going, uh, used examples, which is the intended purpose, obviously, of these stamps. Uh, finding used stamps. Uh, Genuinely used is a lot of times harder than finding these unused stamps. And so, if you like a challenge, which most collectors do, uh, you know, sometimes going after used stamps is uh, more attractive because it makes it more difficult.
1: Which, by the way, the Greek occupation stamps finding them mint or used. Finding them used is really, really difficult. You will probably never complete a used collection. But even finding them mint, and, you know, these stamps may catalog, 25 cents, 35 cents, you just can't find them. They really are that scarce. It's just there is not a lot of demand.
4: And the problem is the catalog values them at such a low value is because they don't trade hands. So there's no valuation data to validate how scarce they really are.
0: One of the things that I've been noticing in some of these larger auctions is how high the prices are going on postal history. Oh, yeah. Anything on cover and interesting cancels like what you said. Uh, I think uh, uh, a lot of folks uh, really get turned on by by the different types of cancels. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I know I find Mm -hmm. that kind of interesting, but it's not really my area of expertise. But one of the things I have noticed lately is – in these auctions, they are going for a heck of a lot of money.
3: Oh, yeah. Scott, are you seeing fake overprints on these occupation stamps?
4: Uh, am I seeing any or, or
3: do you come across them?
4: Uh, occasionally. Uh, usually the, the catalog's a good guide when it says that uh, something has been frequently faked. That's a pretty good indication that there's a lot out there, but a lot of them uh, like overprints of Hungary are, are, or Fayum; These are very common uh, forgeries, and they have basically depressed the market or the pricing on genuine examples. So certain areas, yes, were uh, faked halfway decently um, for the packet trade of stamps at the early part of the 20th century.
3: Well, back to our story. So after the First Balkan War... Bulgaria wasn't happy with the land division, so they started the second Balkan War by attacking Serbia and Greece. Go figure. They lost some land, and that ended the Bulgaria problem. It also created Albania and gave a start to Romania.
1: Yeah, and again, one of the coolest issues that came out of this area are the Albanian first-issue stamps. They took the uh, Turkish stamps and they printed the Albanian eagle on top of it. Now you're talking about fakes. There are a lot of fakes of this one because it's such a power. It's such a cool-looking stamp. A lot of people faked it. It's also quite valuable if it's real.
2: So, what's the method for determining that?
4: Well, the best way is to have a genuine one Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Candy>. <laughs> Do you have one? You, you can't you can't duplicate something perfectly. And it you might be able to eventually, but you know these were all done in like the 1940s and 1950s, and the technology just wasn't there. So you know you'd have the eagle, and it would have one extra feather on it someplace, or it would one of the claws would be a little misshapen or different or something Did like that. Do you
2: ever analyze the ink? Do you go that crazy? Oh
1: yeah. Occasionally, oh, oh, okay. yes.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, one of the things about learning to be an expert is learning how to. Uh, Examine something and look for these tiny differences and tiny flaws and things like that. And so you kind of, um, even if you, somebody presents you with something you've never seen before and they present you with a genuine and a fake, you can generally, as an expert, tell uh, first of all that they're different. And second of all, you have a pretty good shot at figuring out which one is genuine just by. Uh, understanding the time period that they were produced and the, the methods of production that were in use at the time.
2: A lot of crazy knowledge.
4: But that's that you know that's part of being an expert in handling thousands and thousands of stamps every day.
3: Well as a side note if you think this was all fun and games, this was for this was horrible for Serbia. From nineteen twelve to nineteen eighteen in Serbia, one out of every six of the population died violently.
1: That's men, women, children, everybody, not just soldiers.
3: Dogs, cats, (laughs) birds. Was, Was that
1: directly due to the war? Yeah.
3: So Serbia now had won two wars, and this strengthened their horrible government. They maintained their friendship with Russia because after the Second Balkan War, Serbia was Russia's only friend and ally in the area. That is important. That is Domino number four, and it produced still more occupational issues and overprints.
2: You know, we're gonna have a uh, World War One. Uh, you know, buffs calling or write in. You got it all wrong. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the last Domino is that in 1914, nine years after the Morocco Crisis, but directly related to it, Franz Ferdinand of the Austro-Hungarian Empire goes to Sarajevo. So Serbian shot him. Popped a cap the Austro-Hungarian Empire declares war on Serbia Russia declares war on Austria Germany declares war on Russia France declares war on Germany Germany does an attack on France through Belgium which causes England to declare war on Germany Turkey wants their stuff back and sides with the Germans Italy wants more stuff and sides with the English and French Japan sees some German islands they want so they join in against Germany America looks for reasons and sees a letter from a German diplomat to a Mexican diplomat, and it is a world war.
2: Yeah, they uh, I think they made a, uh, a documentary movie on that
3: that specific letter.
1: The Zimmerman letter. Yeah. Yep.
3: It was intriguing. That is the first world war, and spoiler alert, I said first, so you know there will be a second. Oh, enough with the spoiler alerts already.
2: <laughs> Comedy comes in threes.
4: <laughs> i'm not wait i I'm not anxious to see the third world war
3: and the stamps for the first world war are huge, like the size of this table, lots of occupational issues, lots of new areas issuing stamps, countries ending countries beginning
1: and as a matter of fact, we have one sitting here at the table, the aef booklet which uh, yeah. bill brought in
3: <clears throat> that is definitely
4: related to the u s participation in World War I. This is, These are,
0: are, are, are rare. Mm-hmm. Um, the one cent's a whole lot rarer than the price uh, would indicate. The two cent is almost non-existent.
1: Well, like, why don't you describe what it is?
0: So it's a pane of 30. Um, it was originally a, uh, an imperforate, and, and then it was perforated What was used for, it was uh, used so that the American expeditionary forces over in Europe, uh, the U.S. American uh, uh, Expeditionary Forces, could send postcards home. The reason that it became rare is because right in the middle of all this, Congress passed a law and said it's free for the guys to send the stuff back, and so they didn't need this anymore, and so they stopped making these. But that's a particularly nice one, and it's uh, never hinged. I'm also told that these can be faked, so it's important,
4: at least it's important for me, anyways, to get a start actually, on this thing. <clears throat> actually, uh, I, I would disagree with the imperfect beginnings of these. They were printed, they were actually designed and printed from uh, special plates that uh, were uh, left spacings between the, the booklet panes so that they could be cut apart and assembled as booklets. And because of the special nature of these, uh, plates causes uh, minor differences in the characteristics of the each stamp, and you can tell the difference between a, a stamp printed on a booklet plate and one printed on a sheet stamp plate. Well, it's called a booklet pane, so it's
0: Correct. a pane of thirty, but it's still called a booklet pane. Right. So I, I just naturally assumed it was uh, it came from
4: the imperforate variety. No, it did not, and. Uh, like I said, because the imperfect stamps came off of the regular sheet stamp plates. It didn't come off the special booklet pane sheets that had special space. It had spacing designed uh, between the the panes so that they could be cut. And it would leave enough margin around the outside. Have you encountered these that have, have been uh, forged or faked? Yes. Or? Oh, yes, oh, uh, oh, the, yes. yes. Uh, normally, when you find a... a AEF booklet pane that has been faked the more common way to fake it is starting with an imperforate sheet stamp and you'll find that the plate markings and the margin spacings are different as well as the fact that the holes are not genuine um so there's multiple different ways plus the design size of the individual stamps is slightly different Mm. and so all of these things combined together to uh to give indications that uh, prove that the item has been faked. I've also
1: seen uh, parts of sheets where they cut the perforations off the top and the bottom, like you'd face fake a coil, and it makes the uh, stamps very, very, very narrow. But it makes them, you know.
0: You were talking about some of the uh, overprints. Oh these yeah. Are, uh, these are Philippine overprints, and in fact, the two on the right-hand side are the rare O.B.
1: Yeah, those are the 1898 issue. And actually, we are going to discuss... Hold on. I'm, I'm, let me think. Let me think. You stole my thunder. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you read that? But uh, p- p- put in front of it something like... Well, I didn't like, mean to steal your thunder. No, 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 thunder. no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Cash did. Terribly interesting. No, hold on, hold on. Why don't, you, way, why, don't you, why don't you put in, by the way, and then go ahead and read that. Hold on.
3: By the way, next time when we do one of these, it will be how, Fil- how the Philippine Islands caused German Unification, next time on Stamp Show here today. And
1: we'll be talking about those specific stamps.
0: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go if this still comes was found dead in his bed tomorrow I'd be in heaven still doing this show
3: see you some other time
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's thank you for joining us this has been cash scott Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at stamp show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at Blue Paper at GradingMatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at StampshowHereToday.com, Podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And
0: as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stampshire Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets. The book that teaches you about repurfs, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today.
1: Worst episode ever. Oh, not even close.